Hello, dear sister in Christ. My name is Pat Domang. I'm founder of On Fire Ministries, and our mission at On Fire Ministries is to ignite a passion for Christ in the heart of women and to inspire them to apply God's Word to their everyday life because I believe that God's Word really does work. Well, today, I want to invite you to join me as I look at the biblical topic of love, and specifically, I'll be looking at 1 Corinthians 13. Right now, let's just remember the words of 1 Corinthians 13, 13 that says, but above all all these is love. Well, this past Sunday, my pastor's message was about having biblical community in the body of Christ. And in his message, he talked about the importance of biblical community and referred to 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 as to how we are to love one another within Christian communities. Well, 1 Corinthians 13 is most often used in a wedding ceremony, exhorting the in love couple to a perfect and pure love for one another. And we all think that 1 Corinthians 13 is fitting and appropriately used there. And I'm not going to say that it's not appropriately useful in the context of a wedding ceremony. However, when Paul wrote 1 Corinthians, he specifically addressed the immature church at Corinth that was behaving like bad children having petty fights over petty things. And I saw this this morning while I was reading 1 Corinthians chapter 1 through 4. In 1 Corinthians 1.10, Paul tells them that there should be no divisions among them, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. He goes on to say in the very next verse that he had heard there were contentions among them. Now, which is why he eventually gets to the point of love in chapter 13. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, Paul tells tells them what true love among them should look like. So I want you just to take a moment and listen to the list of descriptive actions of true love according to God's word in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love Love thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. Love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love endures all things. And love never fails. Wow. Now, does that list just make you, your eyes want to pop out of your head. The question comes to mind is, how well am I loving others? How well are you loving others? And I will tell you, that list is almost like a slap in the face, waking me up to the reality that my love for others is weak and dismal at best. However, the good thing about the conviction of God's Word is that it shows us those places where we fall short to bring us to a place of more and more transformation. We will never strive for change in any area that we think we are doing really well at. And not only does that list show me my own weaknesses, but it points me to the only one who can love like that and the only one who can help me love better. 1 John 4, 8 says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So let's remember those words from Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but 
The greatest of these is love. So doing an in-depth Bible study on the topic of love is no easy task because God's Word has so much to say about love. There's no doubt that our love matters to God when His Word uses the term love 322 times in the Bible. Love is mentioned 139 times in the Old Testament and 183 times in the New Testament. So no wonder our love matters to God when we understand what we said about 1 John 4, 8, that God is love. And then in Matthew 22, 36 through 40, we see that Jesus' top two commandments were love God and love others. And then in John 13, 34, where Jesus spoke more specifically to his disciples and he said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, Peter and Paul both elevated love as a top priority. Peter said in 1 Peter 4, 8, and above all things, have fervent love for one another. And then Paul in Colossians 3, 14, but above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And then once again, that 1 Corinthians 13, 13, and now abide faith hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So in other words, love matters to God. Most Christians recognize 1 Corinthians 13 as the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13 gives us those great descriptors of what love is and what it is not and what it does. And I just wanted to break it down, kind of gave you the list, but I just want to break down what it says love is. Love is long-suffering and kind. It rejoices in the truth. It hides the faults of others that believes and hopes all things. That's what love is. That's what it does. Love is not envious or boastful. It's not full of pride or self-conceit or self-seeking. And love does not behave in an ugly, un indecent, or unbecoming manner. It doesn't think or consider what is bad and eternally worthless that could cause harm or injury to anyone. So that's just some what it is and what it does versus what it is not and what it does not. Now there's a repeated phrase in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3 that confronts us all and it's but have not love. You see the essence of the love chapter is that we can be gifted to carry out specific roles and functions in the body of Christ but without love any gift that we have and even excel at is worthless. Paul addressed the church related to their speech saying that anything that came out of their mouth without love is like a sounding brass or a clanging symbol. And then he addressed the action of giving all that we have to feed the poor. And that is a good thing, isn't it? And But he says, if we do not have love, it profits us absolutely nothing. So we can have knowledge, understanding, faith, hope, and even do some really, really good things. But without love, we have missed the heart of God, who himself is love. So let's talk about love 
love according to John, the Apostle John, aka the beloved disciple. He understood the essence and origins of love. He had experienced God's love himself. John had walked with and watched the purest love displayed in and through the life and death of Jesus, who was, is, and always will be God divinely manifested in human flesh. In response to walking with, to following, and being the close companion of the one, Jesus, who embodied love, many years later, John wrote to the church in 1 John 4, 7, Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So let's talk about let us love one another according to what John said. Let us love one another is one of those phrases that sounds good. It sounds so right. We know that is good and we all know that we should. However, we live in a world and I would say even in our Christian world where love one another is not always so easy. In all honesty, loving one another has never really been easy for us. If we go all the way back to the very first mom and dad, their oldest son, their firstborn man child killed his brother over jealousy, Cain killing Abel. The first letter to the Corinthian church originated from a need to address divisions and contentions in the church. And still today, we struggle with getting along in the church. Now, if we open any social media app or do any Google search of any well-known preacher, you will see Christians slam dunking their brothers and sisters in Christ. And maybe they did something bad and maybe they really deserved someone to set them straight, but I cannot help but wonder what our ugliness to one another says to a watching world. You know the saying, boys will be boys. I think we can say mankind will be mankind. We all have a natural tendency to live and to love for ourselves and for based on our own beliefs and our own values. And this deep-seated nature will fight to the end to have its own way. 1 Corinthians 13 shows us that we can shine it all up. We can make it look as good as possible, make our words and our actions nice and snazzy on the outside, but inside we all need Jesus. We need the conviction of his word that exposes where we don't measure up to the true love, to the pure love. And surely we know that we need the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit to transform us where we are completely unable to transform ourselves. So what can we do to love more and more? Well, years ago, I read D.L. Moody's book, Secret Power. And in it, he wrote, I recommend all Christians read 1 Corinthians 13 constantly, abiding in it day and night, summer and winter, 12 months in the year. Then the power of Christ and Christianity would be felt as it never has been in the history of the world. Now, I read these words and I remembered Jesus' words in John 13, 35. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I will tell you, 
I am confident my love for others does not measure up to the standard and perfection of God's love, but I want to love better. If my love for my brothers and my sisters in Christ shows others who I belong to, I want to do it. I don't want to say, oh, well, we all are not doing a really good job at loving each other anyway. It's just the way it is. My love looks a lot better than other people's love. You know, we could have those kind of statements and thoughts about our love and think that it's not so bad after all. But instead, what I want to say, I want to say, Holy Spirit, change me and make me more and more like my Savior Jesus. Let me challenge you today to join me in a true love, better pursuit. The, the way that I'm going to practically strive to love better is I'm going to follow D.L. Moody's instructions for the next 30 days. Today, I am writing 1 Corinthians 13 in my prayer journal, and I'm going to commit to read it and to pray for the Holy Spirit to help me love like that. Plus, I'm going to write Paul's prayer out of Philippians 1, 9 through 11 in my journal and pray that prayer for myself. So that's my challenge to you as well. So before I leave, I do want to pray Paul's prayer in Philippians 1, 9 through 11 as a personal prayer for us to pray over ourselves. Precious Heavenly Daddy, Lord God Almighty, I pray that my love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment that I may approve the things that are excellent, that I may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen. Now, before I say goodbye, I do want to invite you to join me on your favorite social media platform, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest to get daily biblical encouragement for Christian women. Check out my website, onfire-ministries.org to read my blog, to get free biblical resources or a Bible study for you personally, or maybe even for a group study. If you found this podcast beneficial, please take a moment to rate and review and share this podcast with others because it helps others to find the podcast and it may be the very words that someone else needs to encourage them in their faith journey today. And until we meet again, have a blessed and beautiful day.